welcome back to another daily walk. And today I want to talk about being careful about who you're listening to for all of your your teaching and preaching. And yes, that goes for me. Believe it or not, I'm not descended uh, from God as a holy angel uh, dictating things that I heard from the throne of God. I have read my scriptures a lot, um, probably a lot more than most uh, most Christians. In fact, I guarantee, based on the stats, more than most Christians, uh, probably more than most pastors. I dedicate my life daily to reading the scriptures, uh, at least a half hour a day, usually more closer to an hour a day. I have studied the various elements of theology. Uh, I take a stance as a Calvinist, of course, but that's not because I'm blindly following some Calvinist guy. I've listened to the opinions of the Calvinists. I've listened to the opinions of the Arminianists. I've read what the scriptures have to say, and over and over and over and over and over, God calls us to election. We do not choose him. And that's that found fundamental principle. Of course, there's a lot more to those points. Looking at the Bible translations, I've read the scriptures. I've read a lot of different translations. I've read some cursory understanding of the various manuscripts that exist. And I've come to the conclusion that some translations are better than others. There's no one translation, King James Version, that's infinitely superior to everything else. There are better translations, there are worse translations, and I do agree we have too many English translations. Uh, but if we look at what the scripture is and how to, how to, to handle it, I think that um, the scripture itself speaks to what we need to be doing. I look at the ideas of the free grace uh, movements, I look at the health and wealth movements, I look at the church growth movements, and I recognize that each of these various movements, understand this, these large movements, the health and wealth, the church growth pragmatism, uh, we had the emergent church, um, that's not big these days, it was big uh, about 20, 15, 20 years ago. These were all things that had within them an element of truth. And having with it an element of truth we have to be more discerning when there's an element of truth. You know, when the devil shows up and he's like, go kill people, you know, it's very clear to see that this is not of God. But when you have something showing up that looks on its surface, Christian, it looks on its surface like it has scripture verses. It looks on its surface as though it's good and godly and you're not discerning and you don't spend time in the word of God you're not, as Paul said, a good Berean searching the scriptures to see if these things are true, um, then what happens is you fall into this idea of just accepting what you're told. And this is why it's, uh, it's a, a painful thing that you cannot blindly follow any particular person. Now, my favorite preacher is John MacArthur. I can highlight a number of things I disagree with him on. If we were to have a conversation, we'd probably not change each other's minds, but we would at least have the common decency to respect each other's opinions. I would hope anyway. Um, I've listened to several other preachers that I've also liked. I've never found one preacher that 100% agrees with absolutely everything. Like, I love listening to R.C. Sprawl. He's great philosophy and things. But he also believes in infant baptism, which I do not find anywhere in Scripture. He buys into the covenantal theology. I don't find that in Scripture because I've read the Scripture so many times. I'm looking for these things. And as I'm studying these principles, understand this. 
Uh, back when I was talking a lot more about the free grace stuff a few months ago, the reason is, is somebody sent me to a free grace church and I picked up a bunch of this guy's reading material, which is in perfect alignment with every other person. It's in perfect alignment with Jonathan Prince and all the other guys that teach the free grace principles. The overarching stuff, they deny that the Gospels are relevant for New Testament believers. They think that Paul is the ultimate authority of the Gospel itself. There's numerous other principles that surround it that this free grace person had. Understand this, I've read the Bible two entire times since I was talking about that since November. You know, or, uh, when did I go to church? Like October, August, I think. I've read the Bible two times since then. Completely. And I've looked for all of these principles. I've looked for the things that they, that they preached about. <clears throat> and the reason this is so important, it brings us to the verse I want to talk about today, which is going to be from Acts chapter 20, verses 28 to 31. Now, this came up in my reading this week and in a Bible study I was at this week. So uh, I thought that was a good enough principle to, uh, to take note on as it relates to this. Of course, another side tangent point, Charles Stanley, who I believe was generally biblically sound, his son, Andy Stanley, is a massive person that leads many people astray. Again, a lot of what he says is... is either is true or sounds true. He uses the scripture, but to dig into his whole message, he is a heretic, and we have to be very careful of that. But listen to these verses, Acts 20, 28 to 31. Be on your guard for yourselves, for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. I know, this is Paul speaking, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be on alert, remembering that night and day, for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. So, let's look at these principles. Be on your guard. For all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Uh, the, what came up in my Bible study, which is a very good point, is Christians are more naive than they should be in many cases. They want to believe people on the surface more than they should on the surface. Uh, and I saw this in the example I used of this principle is way back a long time ago when I moved to uh, one of the states on the West Coast. And they knew that I had done a lot of work with kids without doing any background checks. I was only in the church for like two months, maybe that. I don't even think I was there for that long. I think maybe a month. They said, hey, you want to teach a Sunday school? Sure, why not? I go up in the Sunday school. They give me one five-year-old boy. A guy comes in off the street, not even there for a month. You don't do a background check. You give him one five-year-old boy. We were so close to a state border. I could have had this boy across the state border before classes wherever. Um, the church is very naive. Now, of course, I left that church because I found out the, the associate pastor was a convicted child sex offender who, as a uh, youth pastor in the church he was, he was a youth pastor for, was having sex with uh, the students in his congregation. Hmm. I asked the elders, what plan do you have in place to make sure that does not happen here? He's like, well, like little full-on cult mode. If you have a problem, talk to the pastor. You're an elder of the church, I'm asking you. <laughs> okay. Um, but understand that the Holy Spirit has made us overseers. We have to protect the church. We have to shepherd the church of God. What is a shepherd? A shepherd guides. Now, the shepherd, think of the shepherd. This is uh, going back down. Now, of course, living in where I lived in the West, we actually literally had shepherds. They would drive their flock through town from time to time. 
But you go in, you have a field, you have a bunch of sheep there. They don't sit there and constantly direct the sheep exactly where they should go. They oversee. They sit there, they're watching the whole flock. As long as the flock is within this little section here, and they're eating, and they're fine, and they're safe, and there's no enemies, they let them do what they want to do. As soon as you see a sheep wandering off, you guide them back into the, into the fold. As soon as you see a predator along the side, you chase off the predator. This is what the principles are. These are what the things we have to do as a shepherd guiding the flock. We have to say, yeah, that guy's not as good. Okay, these are within the confines. But also notice it's not directly pushing them exactly where they need to go every single time. Why is that? Well, because God gives each one of us our own ministry. This is why one of the principles I have for evaluating you know, modern Christian books is if you're telling me exactly what God's will is for my life, like Art of Neighboring or uh, Radical or some of these other crazy books out there, you have to do this or you're not really saved. They're guiding you the ministry. No, you need to let God tell you your ministry and the shepherd needs to keep you accountable to the word of God in the midst of that. That is the purpose of the shepherd of God. Verse 29, I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. So as the sound teachers leave, the false teachers will come on in to the flock. All right, verse 30, among your own selves, men will arise. Okay, so what does this mean? This means that as you are, as you are conducting church, you're going to find people rising up within your ranks who are leading you astray. I think of the one church I was at where one of the small group leaders in that one church, he came out and he was trying to tell people uh, how bad the pastor was, like gossiping about the pastor. He was trying to lead people into false views of salvation, like we can lose our salvation and, and things like that. This is among the flock, and I watched that small group leader and his whole small group infiltrate the entire church, and right now the entire church is a horrendous group of crazy people who do not really follow the scriptures, best I can tell. Very interesting. Happened very slowly. The men arose. Nobody was there to shepherd them in the right way, and it led the flock astray. Uh, therefore, be on alert, remembering that night and day for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. We have to do the hard thing and direct people in the right ways. We have to spend the time. Uh, you know, I, I made the statement here, Andy Stanley's a heretic. I stand by that. I have not gone through and collected all of the crazy things. I don't even know if I really need to do that. I've seen, I've heard enough, I've evaluated enough, I've seen enough other people looking at it and evaluating enough principles. I don't think I need a list of comprehensive things to tell you, he said this and this day, this and this day, this and this day. No, spend a little bit of time. And if you love, love Andy Stanley, do the non-cult thing and type Andy Stanley problems with his theology into any search engine and honestly evaluate the things that show up. Obviously, somebody kind of says, he's just a moron. You know, kind of like I said in here, he's just a moron. I was going to say, you know, don't listen to that specifically, but use this as a stepping point to say, why do sound people say that? And to go and evaluate. Why have I not collected all that? Honestly, it's just a principle of time. Okay. Um, and I don't have enough people around me constantly saying, you got to watch Andy Stanley. Um, if I did, I'd spend the time to do it. Um, but the reality is, um, there are a lot of people who've rose up from within the flock and sometimes they show the true colors. There is a documentary and it is called a church of terrors. And as you uh, watch that, it's a three, three and a half hour documentary on the church growth movement. And nearly every single person in that documentary has had a moral failure. Now he did that 
10, 15 years ago. Uh, you know, on to the last one. I mean, I can name the people. Perry Noble, he's had, uh, he's had some adulterous stuff. Um, McDonald was kicked out of his church. He had a serious gambling addiction, a serious power addiction, serious, serious issues. Uh, we had, of course, uh, Bill Hybels. He was recently booted out of his church for infidelity. Uh, but also he spoke out eventually near the end of his ministry about the problems with the church growth movement. Um, he, he's, he talked about the issues. The last person of course was Rick Warren who just, I did the video on it just a few months ago. Rick Warren comes out handing over his church to a husband-wife team, which is very common in the church growth movement these days, husband-wife teams, think of Furtick, you know, um, and declaring that, oh, three passages in Scripture made him change his mind that, yeah, women can preach now. Um, this is a moral failure. Uh, this is a failure. This is him walking away from the clear teaching of the Scriptures. Nearly every person in that documentary, Church of Terrors, you can find it on YouTube, Nearly every person on that documentary has fallen. It tells you the fruit of the church growth movement. It's very interesting. And all of these are people who rose up among the flocks and people weren't critical. They didn't evaluate them. They just, oh, wow, they're preaching from the Bible. And people are too lazy to read the Bible for themselves. It's easier to listen to what this guy says rather than evaluate the scriptures for yourselves. And that's what, what happens. So be careful of that. Now. Uh, we are way over time for what I like to do, the daily walks. We're going to wrap this one up right here. Sign up on the newsletter, rwalkinchrist.com. It's the very center of the page. Sign up for the newsletter. We use a double opt-in, which means once you sign it in, we're going to send you an email back immediately confirming your subscription. Okay, that way somebody else doesn't fill your name into it. Uh, we want you to do that. Check your spam folders for that. This week we're going to send out some coupon codes for the brand new book. I just got my inventory in, and it is a great book. It is called Joe Ash's Influences, the Importance of uh, and the Lessons from a King about Following Your Friends. So uh, I'll have that, that coupon code up, and we'll have some coupon codes up for other print copies of books. Of course, we did a digital uh, coupon code a few weeks ago or a few months ago. We're going to do a print digital uh, print coupon code now. With that, thank you for watching, everybody, and I hope that you enjoy your daily walk in our Lord. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is OurWalkInChrist.com.